Welcome back to Happy Place, the podcast where I, Fern Cotton, have open and honest conversations about mental health and all sorts of other things. This week, I'm so pleased to tell you that the magnificent Stephen Fry talks to me during this episode. Now, you may have heard that Stephen has been ill. He announced on Twitter back in March that he has prostate cancer. We actually recorded this piece the day before his announcement, so I had no idea. But we wish him a very restful and speedy recovery. What we do talk about is Stephen's work for Mind, the mental health charity, which he's been president of for years. It's just such a wonderful conversation full of optimism and some great ideas for how to help build your own happy place. There's also a danger because... I do live with this condition and I'm not going to kid myself that it's cured because it isn't, that if I keep picking at the scab, it's not going to be good for me. It's going to be good for my mental health. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And now, here's the show. wrote a book called Happy and during that process I wanted to reach out to an organisation that could talk about mental health in a very educated and researched way and mind definitely sprung to mind pretty instantly when I was having to think about that. So I got in touch with the CEO of mind, Paul Farmer, and he wrote a brilliant bit for the book, did a sort of little interview which is a very valuable and important part of the book and I'm really really grateful for that. So that sort of sparked a bit of a relationship and a conversation and I was then asked to be an ambassador for the charity and I said yes immediately, I was completely over the moon about that and since I've been able to do some really nice things with them one of the things was to present the Mind Media Awards which was massively scary because there was lots of people in the audience who I loved and admired one was Prince Harry and he was sat right next to Stephen Fry who is of course the president of Mind and we got to hang out a bit that day and it was just glorious and I just completely love and respect and admire everything that he's done and how open he's been. So I am currently trudging through the very vibrant, loud, busy London streets around the Soho area to pop to a studio to have a chat with Stephen today all about his presidency and all about mental health. Thank you so much for being here it's today. A delight, Fern. The last time I saw you was at the Mind Media Awards. Wasn't it terrific? Yeah, just so many great stories. It just felt like a real privilege to be part of it. It, it is, and it's one of the great moves on, on the part of Mind. You might almost, mm. if you were, say it was almost naughty of them because there had been a, a history which ties in with a lot of the stigma that has been 
a, a huge problem in the mental health arena of newspapers being rather lazy about mental mm. health. You know, we'd all seen those schizophrenic with axe kind of headlines, which, you know, when you buried deeper into the story were absolute nonsense and mm. just raised public mixtures of fear and contempt for people with, you know, and you remember what happened to Paul Frank Bruno, for example. People who'd had mental health distress were, were treated in a cavalier fashion. Yeah. And it's a great psychological move to offer awards mm. for newspapers, podcasts, broadcasters, all kinds of uh, media, because everybody loves to get an award. There's no yes. question about <laughs> it. So, I mean, on the one, it's not as cynical as that. It is a genuine, you know, admiration and thanks to those who have, you know, managed to raise the standard of the public conversation. Mm. And that's one of the things that Mind, as you know, more than most, is, is all about, is, is trying to make sure that in, in Britain people can use any, any sort of... Uh, language about mental health that is sympathetic, warm, understanding, friendly, and 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 we're all here to try and uh, I- increase that, and, and that's so much of what it's about, isn't it? It kind of felt like the whole evening felt like a real celebration of the fact that perhaps over the last twelve months, and forgive me if I'm wrong, it feels like that conversation has expanded somewhat in Absolutely. just the last twelve months. Yeah, the curve of the graph got yeah. a lot s- steeper, yeah. um, and and it was uh, very pleasant to have um, Prince Harry there. Mm. Um, you know, you, you don't have to be an ardent royalist and be sycophantic just to recognise the extraordinary effect yeah. that, uh, that he and Prince William have had um, with the Heads Together uh, campaign that uh, that mine was behind as well, and. And if you're going to have a royal family, and um, personally I have no objection to it, I think it adds to the colour and gaiety of the country, um, then how wonderful that they can leverage, as people would say these Mm. days, their obvious, you know, photogeneity and, uh, you know, press appeal for such an incredibly valuable cause. And you and I know from speaking to Prince Harry, and anybody can tell from listening to the two princes talk, that they really mean it. They're not just playing lip service. Um, they, They really do mean it, Prince Harry's podcast with, uh, you know, interview with Bryony, Bryony for yeah. example, uh, mm. showed that he really does. And I think that's a wonderful thing about your generation and generations below mine. They are so much more able openly to speak in, mm. in emotional, sensitive language about their moods, their feelings and so on without uh, without feeling either pretentious or, you know, too self-regarding or self-pitying, or, uh, but, you know, just honestly. And it was a huge moment when when Harry did that podcast and when William spoke out about the, you know, yeah. the, the, the problems they'd had and the mental health issues that they'd experienced after the death of their mother. And again, you know, I look at how my mum has dealt with problems in her life and even how she does still now and she's you know she wrote a piece in my book about her own experience of depression she does find it much harder to sort of talk to people and to have that openness and I think people like Prince Harry who a lot of the younger generation will look to and admire for him to put himself out there and to tell his story was a hugely impactful moment and and made a massive difference yeah Yeah. I mean it it seemed to be from cliches like stiff upper lip and phlegmatic and reserved and all the things that were applied to British people, um, it, it seemed to be, you know, part of your duty yeah. as, as a Briton to hold back on your emotion, mm. and not to share it and to, you know, take it like a man or take it like yeah. a woman. That still exists, though, walk, I think. Oh, oh no? it does. Yeah. We mustn't kid ourselves, yeah, you know. Yeah. We're very, very lucky because we both in a, have sort of grown up in a business, mm. a show business, you know, in media and creative world where it's so much easier to talk honestly. Uh, I, I compare it often to my own um, coming out um, as, in terms of sexuality in the, in the 80s. 
it was so easy for me, mm. relatively, compared to any other sort of profession, to be in, in, in the acting world yeah. because, A, it's a high proportion of people who are gay in theatre and opera and ballet and uh, both backstage and, 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 and front of stage and on camera and so on. And also just the very nature of being an actor is, is about exhibiting and being free with emotions and honest with, you know, all kinds of different identity and so on. Through the 90s and so on, as the, as the gay kind of movement took took hold and all kinds of laws changed right up to recently, of course, when equal marriage happened, one still had to remind oneself that, you know, what was true for me in terms of coming out isn't necessarily true for someone who yeah. works in a, you know, in a supermarket or at a call centre in an office, you know, on a factory floor. It's not always the same, and you know, in the nice... You know, nurturing world of show business, and that's true also of the mental health issue. You know, it's important for us to be open and honest, both for our own mental health and and because we feel you know it's important for the nation and for the culture for mental health to be something that can be discussed easily and openly. But you know, we don't lose sight of the fact that it is easier for us mm. than for, than for many others. I know that your work with Mind is hugely important to you. Yeah. Since you started your presidency, and actually just sort of had. You know, the first time you heard about Mind and heard about their work, yeah. you've met so many people and you've heard so many stories and you've had brilliant conversations with amazing people that have, you know, hugely turned their life around. Do yeah. any particular stories jump out or have any stayed with you or, or group sessions that you've been witness to? Yes, I think um, I think they, they all speak to a, um, a view I have that is... Very important. I, I try and get it across whenever I can because it seems to be two opposite things that one wants to say. On the one hand, you want to remind everyone that, you know, mental health distress and disorders can be life-threateningly bad, can, can really be shockingly awful for, for someone. They, they can lead to self-harm of all kinds, in alcoholism, drug abuse, cutting and the ultimate self-harm, suicidal ideation, as it's known mm. in the trade, and actual suicide, of course. And, and, and you can't o- overlook that, at how serious it can be if it's undiagnosed, untreated and allowed to escalate. On the other hand, you also want to be able to emphasise to people that it is so possible to lead a fulfilled, happy, connected, loving and beloved life in which you are, you know, a full, proper member. You're not owned by your disorder. You, your personality is king or queen... And the, the two things are simultaneously true. It, it, it has to be taken as a serious thing, mm. just as if you were diagnosed with any other chronic condition like diabetes or asthma or something. You'd have to be aware that these can be very serious. People can die uh, of diabetes. You know, they've got to be sure of what their medication is or how they treat it and how they live and how they change maybe their life and don't come across the things that will cause an allergy or whatever it is. And similarly with the mental health thing, you'd be aware of what triggers episodes and what, what is likely to be dangerous. And it can be a slow journey, you know, with, with, with a health professional of some kind and with the help of mind and all the kind of uh, resources that are behind. But once that can be managed, it's amazing how, you know, you can be free of its worst side. And not only that, I would almost want to say, it's not always true, but the very attention you've paid your mind and your happiness makes your life that much richer than people who don't even need to bother to think about it much from one day to the other. Yeah, you know the other extreme. You've been exactly. there and you, you've experienced yeah, it. Yeah, and, and you've allowed yourself to think of things like happiness. And it's often so rare to do that. So when you've met particular individuals through Mind who you've seen yes. have had you know, an extremely tough time, but have found either a community, a connection, yeah. or 
they've just managed to find a different path. How, how does that make you feel, knowing that oh, you're part it, of it's that? amazing. I'm, well, I mean, obviously, I'm very proud to be connected to a charity, a, a group of people like-mind. And it's both, obviously, the people who work full-time, uh, but also the extraordinary volunteer base that Mind has, mm. which grows bigger and bigger every year. I mean, I'm sure you, like me, on Twitter and various other things, are constantly pointed to initiatives that are going on all over England and Wales for Mind. People say, I'm doing this and I want to give it to Mind. I yeah. want to do this for Mind. And and the people I've met who've often been, you know, diagnosed, used some of mine's resources and services and being pointed and guided and helped and connected. Um, when they've started to come to terms with what, what their condition is and they've started to, you know, be above it and to, to live with it, very often the first thing they want to do is put something back into mind mm. and they, they, they will uh, become volunteers and they'll, you know, whether it's rattling buckets or, or, or actually sort of going on runs or whatever, you know, actually involving themselves in it. And I think mm, that's a, that's so a, a marvellous side of it. It yeah. really is. Where, um, when did you first hear about mind and, and how? Um, I was good friends, uh, as to them, with, with Melvin Bragg, um, the, the arts broadcaster and, and member of the House of Lords now, and uh, a, a tireless and wonderful campaign. And he was uh, president before me, and he was the one who approached me. And he, he, you know, we had dinner somewhere, and he talked about... Actually, it was in the House of Lords, I'll be honest. <laughs> it was rather grand. <laughs> I felt very, very splendid. <laughs> but no, all the waiters, you know, all the stewards, or whatever they're called, they knew that I wasn't actually a member of the House of Lords. <laughs> they just called everyone my lord except me. <laughs> but that was okay. And uh, he he put it that he'd been you know president for some time, and would I consider because I'd made this film this mm-hmm. you know about it was called manic depression and mm-hmm. me, and it was it was about my experience of bipolar disorder and also uh, taking you know testimony from all kinds of people all, all over the country and indeed in America he expressed such passion and such admiration for the group and also correctly prophesied he said I think in the next ten years people will understand more about mental health than they ever have, not just the scientists who are, and the, the neuroscientists and the cognitive scientists and all the rest of it, but actually ordinary people will have a much more familiar sense of what it is and, and there'll be much more openness. I think it'll become the big conversation of the next 10 years. Mm. He was completely right. Yeah, That's when I sort of met everyone there. But I'd heard of it, yes, of course I had, um, because, you know, it, it even... I say even in those days, because it seems to be so much more in the public eye now than it was seven, eight, ten years ago. But I know I was I was aware of it, and I was aware of other mental health charities, you know, because I think it's a passion of mine that, you know, mental health charities are not like um, fizzy drinks companies, you you know. If you're talking to someone who works for Coca-Cola, you're not allowed to mention Pepsi. But yeah, I think, sure. you know, the, the charitable sector is, you know, those SANE, for All example. Mm. Yeah, um, I think SANE started as a schizoaffective specific charity, and there, and there are others, but the, the important thing is that you know we unite we come together for particular campaigns like the heads together for example and 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 various others i just get this real sense that everything is coming together in the right way both governments are listening more and more they realize it is something that they have to have in their manifestos they have to talk about when they talk about the national health service the mental health side of it is incredibly important and i think schools uh, workplaces, you know, there's there's a big change coming in in our culture generally in terms of how we treat each other. You know, we've seen the um, the Me Too movement for women, and you know, mm. some people will moan about it or think it's gone too far. But I think that's that's not the point. The point is, people suddenly HR departments all over in 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 the world of work, for example, but also in schools and universities and the armed services, people are realizing that when people commit 
their life of work and service to a particular company or, or cause or um, you know, government agency or whatever it might be, it's more than just you give me the money, I do the work. There is, there is a pastoral side to mm. it and there's a duty of care to the happiness, the well-being and so on of people. And I, I think perhaps paradoxically the more AI and machines and things take over, the more we focus on our humanity and what that means because we let the machines do the boring, precise, repetitive, dull, difficult work. And, and we will you know, do more of work that is less you know mechanical mm. um and also i think we'll be able to focus more and after all you know we won't put on this world to work it's not an inevitable thing that we work in in the style that we have for the last 200 years or so since the industrial revolution the speed of it yeah that's right the there velocity. are other ways of working yeah. yeah and and all of that requires i think a, a marvelous attention to how we feel and how we relate to each other Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Whatever the conversation is, it's, it's highlighting things that needs to be prominent in all of our minds and, and a real focus just for our own well-being, sanity, exactly. general health. Exactly. So when, when you were first approached by Mind and, and, and you mm. and Melvin had a chat and, and you mm. were sort of passed on the baton, <laughs> how did you initially feel? Because it's one thing to be very open, and honest and exposing of your own story, but it's another to, to then commit to talking about that long term and also yeah. to hear other people's stories because you are somewhat facing head-on some of your fears by doing that. Yeah, absolutely right. That the, There was, and still is, and I still feel it occasionally, the, a danger of becoming sort of professionally, mentally unstable. <laughs> you know, that that's, that's what I am, mm. that's who I am. Mm. And I've, I've always believed it's not who I am. It's this condition I live with, and I'm, I'm always prepared to talk about it. But there's also a danger because... I do live with this condition and I'm not going to kid myself that it's cured because it isn't, that if I keep picking at the scab, it's not going to be good for me. It's going to be good for my mental health. But I I think I, and certainly the people I I work with, you know, my um, beloved assistant and all the people at my agents and everything, they're they're very aware of that. And and they sense that if, if I've been asked to do something and it's at a time when I'm just in a cycle which is not particularly energetic or particularly hopeful or particularly happy they they will you know i'll say oh, yes i'll do it because i think it's my duty and they'll say no don't don't or if you do do it do it in a month's time you know i'm sure you know what I, uh, we're so lucky to be in the profession we are it's so fantastically exciting so full of drama and challenge and excitement and color that uh, we tend to overreact in this sense that we can't say no to anything mm. because it's somehow ungrateful to the fate that has given us this great good fortune and that to say no to something is is like spitting at providence and and, and that we must say yes and actually of course that's nonsense well of course because if it's you're not in good health and you can't help anyone at all but so. i can't tell you how long it's taken me to yeah. <laughs> to, 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 yeah. to actually live by that. I've always mm. sort of known it, but, mm. I, but I've still just said, oh, yes, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, after all, you know, it's uh, uh, 
very common, isn't it, to compare mental health with physical health. And, and uh, you know, people would not agree to do something grueling if they weren't fit. Absolutely. You know, you know I've got a cold at the moment, or, you know, I've got flu. You'd say, well, no, I, I can't do it. Absolutely. And, and we've got to be able to be confident to be able to say the same things. Yeah, and that all goes back to something that we've talked about a little bit so far, which is the stigma, which is yeah. such an obvious thing to talk yeah. about. But, but it's still there. And, you know, with over... 300 odd million people out there who are experiencing mental health situations right now. You'd think that that stigma would sort of naturally have dissipated, but there are still assumptions made, circumstances that are very badly judged or... Yes, and I think we have to be honest. ...labelled. Yes, I think we have to be honest and uh, and say that, you know, a lot of us also labour with the the three twin siblings of of stigma for the self, which are shame... Mm. Um, guilt and embarrassment. Yes, uh, you know we can be as guilty in in a sense of uh, playing to stigma because you know sometimes we are a bit just don't want to tell people. Yeah, uh, um, this sounds a bit silly, but I I sometimes say to people, well. You know, we think our friends and our family are the natural support group, and how lucky we are to have really good friends and really good family. But I put this to you: imagine, especially to a man I think right so say to a man who's your best friend you know you go you go to see football matches you watch films together you, you know you laugh to laugh together if you had a a wart a genital wart would would you say oh tom have a look at my old mm. dodger would you <laughs> Absolutely no, never. never. You would, would you show it to your mother? I don't <laughs> think so. But you would happily show it to a stranger who was a health professional. Yes, yes. Is this normal? And go, oh, yes, that's fine. And, and if that's true of something sort of embarrassing, mm. like a genital wart, well, it's true also of your feelings, yes. your moods, your sense of, you know, or, or your behaviour patterns that have somehow become irrational or worrying or upsetting. You don't want to share them with your best friends. And mm. that's a paradox because we all know that friends are the best resource we have. Absolutely. And whenever we've had a, a tumble, one's friends will say, what? why didn't you tell me about yeah. it? That's what I'm for. I'm here to listen. And, and you feel a double idiot. Of course, society has to learn, and we'll, we'll come to that and, and, and about stigma. But we ourselves mm. ha- have to release ourselves of our own guilts and, and embarrassments and shames. Mm. Shame is such a big one, isn't terrible. it? It's so hard to overcome as well because yeah. when you're already feeling low, if then you've got shame yeah. sort of attacking you at the same yeah. time, it can feel very debilitating. And, and as you say, yeah. the last thing you want to do is say, "Help me," or yeah. li- "Or hear me." Just even yeah. listen to what I've got exactly. to say. You don't want. So, how do you begin to overcome that? If it's you're I'm not a great one for religion, but I'm a great one for myth. And I do mm. admire the one part of the Genesis myth I admire is when, um, uh, you know, they've eaten the, the fruit of the tree whereof the Lord their God said they should not eat. And uh, they, they realized they were naked and they were ashamed and they cover themselves in fig leaves. And then God comes walking in the cool of the evening and he looks at them and says, what's, why are you the fig leaves? And they say, mm. well, we were naked and we were ashamed. And he says rather brilliantly, who told you you were naked? And it is an extraordinary thing about us as humans that... We have a concept of nakedness that is connected to shame. Mm. We are ashamed of the bodies that we didn't choose, yes. but that were given to us and that are glorious. And we're most especially ashamed of the bits that are there to perpetuate our species, that to mm. do the most wonderful thing that, a, that, a, that an animal life or a plant life can do, which is reproduce. It's, it's weird it's when you us. say it like that because it's so it's, true. It's, it's so nuts. obvious. And we have yeah. to come to terms with this oddity of shame yeah. and and 
most of humanity is ashamed of things it needn't be ashamed of, but actually, unfortunately, not ashamed of the things it should be ashamed of. We mm. should be ashamed of the injustice and the dishonor we do to so many of our brothers and sisters and to the planet and, you know, all kinds of things. We could honestly say, I, do I really do enough? Do I have a plus or minus effect on animal life and plant life and human life? And, but we spend our time instead being being ashamed of, you know, yeah, our waistline. Yeah, I know, it's bizarre. <laughs> of course, mind has such a strong emphasis and ethos on connection and being part of a group, a community, not feeling alienated. And the local minds are a big part of that as well. Can you tell us a bit more about how they work? Yeah, the thing that always gives me the most pleasure is when you you see local... I mean, local mind groups can, you know, apply to mind to set themselves up. And, and, you know, it's it's not like exactly a McDonald's franchise, but Mm. the big mind is there to help local groups set up. And, And indeed, there'll be a larger local group that will help a smaller one. So if you live in a little market town, say, uh, and you think that there's you know, room for for having a little mind mind meetings and, and fundraising groups there and so on, then then you can apply to the one in the city in your county and the, and so on. And it, it is it's a great network around the country mm. and um, and a it brings people together and people laugh. They have a good time. You know, it's very, very easy to lose your sense of humour. Depression, it's the first thing that goes, usually. Everything is sucked out of you, and and humour is one of them. And humour is an index of life, you know, and of health. In the same way as a doctor is looking for blood pressure and temperature and uh, and heart rate, Um, you know, mental health, you're looking for the ability to to laugh, to, in a sense, to take yourself lightly. Um, G.K. Chesson said, angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. Mm, That's lovely. And... it's the hardest thing when things are down on you. It's so easy to hate the outside world, to hate yourself, to hate everything around you and to feel no future, no purpose. And, and that's where, you know, a, a, a connective band of people who have the same, who have, have an understanding of it and, you know, is, is incredibly important. Mm. And so um, if anyone listening sort of thinks, well, I, I don't think there's a mind group anywhere within... 50 miles of where I live, then, then, you know, it's very easy to find out from the MIND website, mm. mind.org.uk, uh, how, to, uh, how to set up, you know, how to think about doing that, you know. Um, and and it's, uh, it has a great image, MIND, and it's sort of to boast about it, but, you know, the brand is a good one. I think, you know, when, when, when people talk to me about it, even people who, who don't have a direct connection with the, a mental health issue, they, they just say, oh, that's really good charity, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's um, – and, and I, I think it's – it is incredibly respected because it, it if you think about what it isn't, it, it, you know, it's not offering – cheap solutions it's not sin of you know trying to sell any kind of you know so i would raise money by saying oh, here's a here's a this will make you better you know it's not it's not making medical claims or or or, or, or anything else it's 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 walking a very sensitive line uh, which is to do with communication and understanding and uh, you know and and spreading the word and making sure that britain is a better environment in which mm. to have to deal with and come to terms with. I think you can see that even when you go onto the website, it's really trying to sort of highlight the simple things in life, yeah. which is certainly how I like to live my life, yes. because I know that works for me. So yeah. sort of sleep, sleeping well, it's such yeah. a simple one, but oh, we can God. get it so wrong Most and it important. can be so detrimental. Yeah. Um, you know, eating meals, connection, certainly, you know, I was lucky enough to go to a mind group session yesterday, which was terrifying. Really? But I was sat with a group of 15 people didn't know any of them didn't know their backgrounds they didn't know mine 
But by the end of it, we all felt like a gang. And and I wasn't expecting to feel that connected within an hour. And we all stood up and read a poem, which I sort of at the start said, I'm not going to be reading. I don't feel up to that today. And by the end, we were all reading and supporting each other. And, and I really understood the power of that, that sort of it's group. It's enormous. Enormous, that connectivity. And other simple things, I guess, avoiding screen time if that's becoming a problem for you. Yes. I, you know, they have a moment of that on the website. And we are trying to learn how to use this new magnificent monster of social media Absolutely still, aren't right, we? And it yeah. can be very detrimental to it us. It can. Too. For all the good it does, and there's obvious it's good brilliant. that it does. Yeah. But, that, yeah, it, it can. And, and no one has done enough work to make a you know, true and believable mm. statement about the effect that uh, that that amount of time and indeed that what effect that negative feedback has or insult. It, it can be very difficult. I mean, I, I've spoken to young people at schools who... who Will admit that um, if they uh, if they post a, an Instagram image or, or, or a Snapchat, um, and it doesn't get the number of likes they want, it can ruin their day, their Isn't week. They burst into tears. They just think, "Oh, they're deliberately not liking it." I bet they do like. I mean, they get. I mean, and you know, I can remember at school, popularity is a big deal. Yeah. But of course, it was just popularity. You know, you went in for lunch, and you sort of thought, "Oh, where am I going to sit? Where am I going to put my tray?" Because mm, mm. no one wants to sit next to me. I'm not very popular today. <laughs> you know, but you know that sort of feeling, that terrible yeah, inadequacy and, and horror that you feel. But it, it's so multiplied now, and, yeah. and, it, and it's of course it's, it's a distance, and it has the, you know, such a potential for for, for really upsetting uh, someone, for really distressing them, um, and and it's a. Uh, what seems to be a new sickness. We can't really relate it to, you know, sort of evolutionary psychology, if you like. Yeah. Um, and and I think it is, it's the physical presence of other people is so important. I mean, uh, you know, if, if you do get much value out of forums and things, that's great. But, you know, I'm looking into your eyes now and you're looking into mine mm. and that is something that's... It's human, human beings have evolved for yeah. millions of years this need to meet eyes. You probably know that if you have a baby in a cot and you, you, you hang a a multicolored, revolving, lit, sparkly um, m- mobile with music coming out of it, and next to it, a, s- a simple disc of paper with two dots and a smile. The baby will look straight at the two dots mm. and the smile. We-, we are programmed to respond to faces, mm. and 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 I think also to, of course, obviously to, to language and, uh, and movements on the face and, and everything else. And um, until AI and robotics come up with incredibly mm. believable faces that you can love, like a, an animal, like mm. a pet, you know. I, uh, there is great value in getting out there and trying to meet other people, yeah. if, if possible. And obviously, some people are too vulnerable and too uh, sensitive at, at whatever particular phase of the condition is to, to be able to make that leap. But if anything that can help them uh, along that path is, is good. Absolutely. So, for for you personally, what simple things in life do you have to have as part of your daily routine to make you feel good and balanced? You, well, you've you put it right. The word routine is is, is itself yes. important. When I was younger. I never had any kind of routine, um, but now I mean I'm. Uh, I wouldn't want to insult the genuine condition of uh, obsessive compulsive disorder by lightly saying OCD, but I am very pernickety about my routine, about you know exactly how long I spend cleaning my teeth. I mean I'm not you know I'm not like that Adrian Monk if you ever saw that TV show about the 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 OCD uh, detective, but but I am. 
you know, and sleep. You mentioned sleep. I, yeah. I you know, I'm in bed by half past nine Same. every night, mm. and and it's so important. Mm. Uh, and it's probably the single most important thing. I'm going to America at the end of this week, and jet lag can be a, a bit of a trigger for me. So yeah. I have to be very careful about that. And I, you know, things like melatonin I find very useful for settling the, the circadian rhythms and so on. Um, and exercise. I'm. Um, I'm not a gym bunny. I never have been and never could be. I just, for simple reason of boredom, I just find time stretches out so much on a treadmill. Mm. On, on a, on a, on a I think most people find bit. that. I mean, it's just unbelievable. After an hour of exercise, I find two minutes have gone and I just want to absolutely... <laughs> it's just so awful. But well, I've found something that does the reverse, and that's brisk walking, which oh, doctors yes. tell you is good. And instead of listening to music, much as I adore music, the trouble is you want to stop every 10 yards and sort of fiddle with your device again. No, not that. that no, <laughs> that's the wrong track. No, no maybe not that. No. <laughs> Audiobooks. Yes. You know, just make a list of all the novels that you feel you should have read or you want to reread. Oh, my God, I've never read any. Yeah, it doesn't have to be Dostoevsky. Mm. It, it can be, you know, Agatha Christie or James yeah. Bond or, you know, it, 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 it just a story being told in your ear. You just don't want to stop walking because mm. you, you go off and you, you eat up the miles. And I go round town squares three times before mm. going back home because I've got to get to the end of the chapter. So lovely. And it can be biographies and it can be books on science and a discovery or whatever it is you like listening to, or indeed podcasts like this, mm. because they are fantastic listening companions. Uh, we're both very careful about suggesting that we have an answer that would fit anybody it's else. It's bespoke. It's very bespoke, it isn't is. it? Yeah. And, and do you know what I use as a comparison? We all probably know people who are bad drunks, you have the same number of glasses of wine. You might feel a bit sleepy or a bit giggly or something, and then they, ha- they just have that, f- that extra sip, and you've had the same sip, and they suddenly turn into yeah. a beast. And they've had exactly the same chemical inside them as you have. Now, if that's true of something relatively simple like alcohol, how much more complicated to find a medication regime you know and the psychiatrist and obviously psychiatrists come in for a lot of criticism for people in the mental health world because they often feel they've been let down by them or that they're just medicated out you know out of the surgery you know yeah as if they'll go away i hear here's some pills another number yeah. yeah and and of course i'm sure there are terrible stories that people have of not really being understood or feeling that they've been listened to but I've had experience of, you know, working out over a long, long period what, you know, medication has helped um, with me. And and it helped me through a very difficult period. And I was able then to sort of go off it, which is the state I'm in. But I'm always prepared to understand that I may have to start again if things get get bad. But at the moment, the mixture of sleep and exercise, and I I went vegetarian about a year ago, and um, no way of saying that's helped me in any way, except, again, it's just given me something to feel proud about. Except, of course, I put on massive amounts of weight, because, you know, know, I thought, I'm I'm eating vegetables, now I'm really healthy. And of course, it was mac and cheese and (laughs) pizzas. Outrageous. <laughs> so I had to really calm down and say, yeah, just because you're having pesto instead of bolognese sauce mm. on your pasta doesn't mean you're going to lose weight, yeah. Stephen. You can't have two bowls <laughs> yeah. instead of one. Exactly. <laughs> there's one more cow in the world and there's one more chicken yeah, in the world. Yeah, that's great. Which is nice. Mm, but it is always those simple things, isn't it? You know, diet, sleep, connection, and people are sometimes looking for a, a magic spell or some sort yeah. of weird alchemy. And it, and it is about starting, yeah. certainly, with yeah. those simplicities Ex- in life. Absolutely right. Mm. And, and if not Nothing else, you know, there is no possibility that that can do harm. Absolutely, that's the major Absolutely. thing. Whereas there's a possibility that the wrong sort of 
medication can do harm or, or, or you know, electric shock treatment or, mm. you know, some of the more dramatic mm. uh, interventions that are possible for very serious people. And, uh, you know, I've, you know, my dear friend, I'm sure you, uh, I don't know if you knew her, but um, great, great, great person and deeply missed Carrie Fisher, mm. um, who, who, whom I adored. But she, you know, she, she was a very, very ill person indeed. And I, I saw her in some states where it, it really was touch and go, you know. And, and um, But she, 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 she would go for electric shock therapy. And, of course, she never lost her sense of... I, mean, I remember her saying... She said, the thing about it is it works for me. It works. Um, it has a few drawbacks. You know, memory, short-term memory, you lose your short-term memory. The other thing is you lose your short-term memory. I'm losing your short-term memory. I was going, oh, Carrie, you're so bad. And she was just, you know, she was able to laugh at herself. And uh, yeah. that's an amazing thing. If, if people haven't, haven't read her book, Postcards from the Edge, it's... You know what, I haven't, and I must, I I must read that it. book. It's I must read that so book. So they made a great film of it with Meryl Streep as mm. well. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, she, she was a, a hero, but she also showed that, you know... It can bring you down. You know, she, her life was shortened by it. There's no question about that. And how is that for you then? You know, having experienced and, and, and still living with mental health problems, mm. to see someone that you love so dearly experiencing something and feeling perhaps quite helpless. It, it, it is a... It's, it's very distressing. It's, uh, and, you know, she was a really good person. She was a kind person. She was spending her whole time helping others. Or, and, and often it seemed at the expense of what was really going on inside her. And, and, and it's a reminder, you know, of that point I was making earlier about that, you know, f for all that one celebrates the ability to, to live with a condition like, like bipolar disorder in my case, and, and um, one must constantly remind oneself that... To, to be vigilant about one's mental health and not to take it for granted and to be aware, as um, Bertie was to put it in the uh, one of the Jeeves stories, he said that you you may be walking, whistling a tune on the sunny side of the street, but round the corner, fate is quietly slipping a, a horseshoe into the boxing glove, mm. <laughs> ready to go, mm. bam, yeah. just when you least expect it. Yeah. Obviously, you can't behave as if at any moment a disaster is going You'd to never fall. leave the house, no, yeah. you would, exactly. Mm. We talked earlier on about the fact that the conversation does seem to have opened up mm. on mental health and people are feeling slightly more courageous in telling their own story, in knowing that might help those around them. And also just... You know how we're talking about it. The vernacular mm. around it is, yeah. is certainly changing. How do you see that expanding further over, say, the next decade? It's a really good question. I mean, I'm a, I'm a terrible um, prophet, but I'm hopeful of of it really bedding in. You know, I, uh, so that in in schools in particular, the connection between you know mental distress and 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 conditions of any kind and bullying you know which is a, has been a, a real issue because bullies who have their own sets of goodness knows what kinds of problems mm. i mean who wants who wants to be able to say when they're 25 oh yeah i was a bully at school yeah of course it's a lot easier to say i was bullied at school yes. go, oh you poor thing but say oh, yeah i was a bully i was an absolute brute i made people's lives miserable they've got to live with that for the rest of their mm. lives so just remember it's the bully who loses in the end it always is but of course one of the sort of geniuses the horrid geniuses of bullies is the the, the way they will spot a, 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 a wound that can be, you know, picked at and, you know, lemon juice can be dropped on it, you know. Uh, and uh, if they, if you can't, I mean, 
you know, it's not that if you if you have a mental health problem, you you're you're at liberty to sort of flop all over the floor and you know just moan a hundred percent of the time. No one no no one uh, no one's going to be like that. But if you can't sort of express your your mood or or you, you know you, you if you're so afraid that you're going to let yourself down or all those sort of awful phrases that you can't can't even barely go into school because if you do you'll be mocked and mm. you'll be you know, the whole thing will be compounded and made worse. Then, then and that's a, that's just no kind of uh, that's no kind of situation to be in. And so I think, um, you know, I, Barack Obama. I, I heard at an event once giving a brilliant speech, and uh, he said about this particular initiative. It was to do with uh, um, something to do with uh, uh, third world and malaria and things. And uh, he said, of course, it's not perfect, but it is better. And one of the things I learned during my presidency is. Better is good, you know. Yeah. I'll take better any day. Mm. You know, there's a phrase, you know, letting perfect be the enemy of good. You know, because it's not perfect, let's not bother. That's crazy. Even if we take three steps forward and not one back, but two and a half back, you're still going half a, half a foot forward. And I think that's that's what we'll see more of. So I think slowly, and it will be too slow, in the same way that one was saying in the 80s, you know, slowly there will be full acceptance of gay relationships, Absolutely. even possibly to the point of civil civil partnerships, and then maybe even marriage one day, you know, mm. and it'll be, oh, but it's not till 20 years away. Well, that's still something, Absolutely. you know, it's better. Every year's a little bit better, mm. and, and I, I'm firmly convinced. That, but that it, it doesn't get better, you know, an inch or a foot at, at a time, on its own, it gets better because we still work at it. We still bang the drum for it. We hope not boringly. We find interesting ways, exciting ways, affirming ways to sort of, you know, sing the mental health song and march the mental health march that don't get tedious in the ears of people. Say, no, that was last year's cause. We're not interested in that anymore. You know, we find imaginative ways of reminding people that this is something that's now part of our, you know, part of the way we are and part of the way we teach our children part of the way we teach our teachers uh, teach training schools and all the rest of it and so it just becomes part of our culture part of who we are in the same way as um, all, all kinds of you know if you were going back to the 19th century at the time of Charles Dickens's hard times for example you know in the factories in the north you know there were no posters on the walls of the factories telling you how to lift things so you didn't hurt your back. There were no uh, little, um, you know, sort of first aid stations. And mm. there, were, there were an emergency telephone. All the things you would expect in a workplace now for health and safety, much mocked as it is, of course, it's oh, essential, you know, yeah. so that people just don't have the kind of terrifying accidents at work that they used to. Mm. It's just you don't even stop to think about it now. Mm. And it's it's essentially a mental equivalent of that. Yeah. You know, that these these will be much safer, easier places to work and 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 the next generation or so will will no more pay attention to them as gosh than we do for that poster about how to lift something with a straight yeah. back you know and won't that be wonderful won't really it be wonderful? wonderful that's the point because it's you know um, like mind like any good charity wants to be out of work in mm, the end of course. you know it wants not to be necessary well look, thank you for first of all all of your amazing work at mind and your well presidency as president i should be thanking you because oh, you well, you do for me as i suspect it. you do more hours a, a year for for mind than i do by miles you're an oh, incredible well, you're I'm, great honoured to be part of it and and thank you for your time today it's been a total honour and a pleasure to pick your brains a joy thank you oh I could just listen to Stephen talk for years without a break I adore him thank you so much to Stephen 
If you like this episode, please do rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher and spread the word about us because we just love hearing your feedback. We've had a few reviews actually asking if every episode will be with celebrities and the answer is no. There will be others, including next week's show with the inspiring and heart-wrenching story of my dear friend Zephyr Wildman. Hear that and new episodes weekly when you subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Thanks so much to Stephen Fry, to the producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio, and of course to you lovely people for listening. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.